get some of this. In this corner is back. Yes, the Boxeo edition on location this week. The Brian Campbell still invading your personal space, but it's hot town summer in the city. NYC slinging that can't miss dose of performance enhancing audio. My man Rafe Bartholomew in the flesh this time. Rafe taking me back to his childhood of lower Manhattan. We were on location for the Broner Garcia press conference announcing their fight July 29th. But Rafe, you have literally welcomed me into your kitchen. What's happening, my man? Hey, let me just say, Brian, if it gets hot in here, I don't know if we're, if we're going to take off all our clothes, but, uh, I am getting, no, Rafe, for all the podcasts we've done together, right? In the Grantland days, uh, appearing on Ring Theory, the great Ring Theory, RIP to, together. Never done it in person. So Never face be- to face. It's, it's, and, and, it, you know, you, when you're talking for the podcast, you, you act kind of, you get a little animated. You, you, you lay it on a little bit thick. And it's almost a little embarrassing to be doing it, you know, with someone looking at me acting while, while I sort of act out my, my, my better self. Well, there's, there's going to be a lot of spit flying your way. So as long as you, you know, we don't have a spit guard up. As long as you can deal with that as I get amped up, as I get fired up, a little bit of house cleaning, of course, right? As we're inside a house right now, take care of us. We're going to give you plenty of podcasts this week on In This Corner. This episode alone is going to be jam-packed and loaded. Get on to Apple Podcasts. Get on to SoundCloud. Wherever you're listening to this, rate, review, Subscribe. Do what you have to do on social media. Hashtag in this corner. Listen to our WWE Money in the Bank re- instant analysis reaction pod that's up now. You'll get your full fix later in the week at WWE MMA. But for this Boxeo edition, it's loaded. Rafe and I caught up both with Adrian Broner, Mikey Garcia. Mike Coppinger. Mike Coppinger in the house as well. All the, the boxing. I mean, good cop, bad cop. Good cop, bad cop. We specifically had sit-downs with Broner and Garcia that you're going to hear later in this episode. That's probably the biggest fight of the summer when you're talking about actual boxing matches, not carnival ones. But we got a lot of business to deal with before then, Rafe. We're going to talk to you about Floyd Connor. It's the big news right here. But we're coming off a real fight inside the ring over the weekend. Andre Ward, Sergey Kovalev to the Deuce from Las Vegas. Rafe, they couldn't get away in the rematch without controversy, right? But a different kind this time as Ward TKO8, a shocking, a stunning TKO8 to defend those trio of light heavyweight titles at the Mandalay Bay. This was a big fight. It delivered in the sort of craziness that boxing delivers, but we got to get right into that sort of controversy. He went, he went below the belt, right? Well, Andre Ward kind of, kind of made us look like fools here at the In This Corner podcast because we've been saying, don't tease the bag and you'll get the mess. Well, Andre Ward teased the bag a little bit of uh, Sergey Kovalev and, and Kovalev went home with the mess on Saturday. There's no question about that. Look, I set you up saying, look, he hit below the belt. It was a big controversy for some after the bout. It wasn't so much for me, all right? Because I'm not going to be fully on that side that say, look, Kovalev was, uh, well, you know, he quit. He was looking for a way out, but he was fading bad that had a lot more to do than low punches, right? I mean, he had in, used a lot of energy to essentially b- power box with Ward. And the first seven rounds were very competitive. I had Kovalev slightly winning by one point on my card. Ward was up slightly on two of the three official scorecards. He put a lot of energy out there to stray, to basically trade heavy jabs. He was running low on gas. And for anyone that says, well, hey, those last three body shots against the ropes, hey, Tony Weeks, you should have called at least one of them low. Yes, at least one of them were very low. But just the round before in round seven, Kovalev was almost asking out when he got hit in a clean body punch and he was trying to sell it like it was a low blow. And even Weeks stepped in and said, come on, come on, stand up. Enough of that. 
I think the body language tells you he was ready to go. And Rafe, in these situations, which we've seen before, if you're not going to defend yourself, if you're not going to take a knee to give yourself a break, you're going to get counted out by the ref. The question for some is, should Weeks have counted and not just waved it off? In the end, I wasn't mad about that. You don't have to be mad about it. And I think, and I agree with like, even though, yeah, I had Kovalev slightly up in the fight, it's impossible to have watched that fight proceed and not get the feeling, oh, he is, he is starting to fade pretty bad. And you had, uh, Roy Jones really pushing that hard on the, uh, on, on, on HBO. And, and he was right, I think. Uh, I mean, you, Kovalev, whether it was, it had much to do with some of those love taps that were borderline or below, uh, that happened not just, you know, they were, the worst ones that came at the end, but there was some action down there throughout the fight. Um, uh, or if it was just Kovalev fading. Look, we've seen Kovalev, uh, uh, we like, he's, he's obviously a great fighter to, to, to have the two most competitive fights of Andre Ward's career, I think. Is that fair to say? No. Very fair to say. Um, and, uh, to give Andre Ward those two fights. Um, he, but, but he does seem to have stamina problems. Like, uh, that, that, that stamina problems that weren't, didn't, weren't just in these two fights. Um, he happened to fight, be fighting someone who could, you know, could be competitive enough to get the decision in the last fight and, and kind of get a stoppage in this fight, um, while he faded. But I, th- I mean, when, when Kovalev fought Bernard Hopkins, when he fought, uh, Isaac Chilemba, you saw him tiring. Now he was in control of those fights, so it was never a question, but there were moments when he was really sucking wind in those. So he, there is this stamina thing that not even hiring a, trainer from the great sport of biathlon that involves skiing and shooting rifles could help him prepare for going into this fight. Um, you know, but I, I, in, I, I think that, you know, one thing we do in boxing is we kind of, when the result is final and, and doesn't piss us off because it seemed to be the way the fight was going, we rewrite the story of the fight we sort of re- revisionist history of it and say stuff. Well, he was, you know, he was fading bad. He was going to get knocked out in one round. He was going to, he, you know, he was, you know, he wanted out. He practically quit. You say all those things kind of to make the result seem better. But I think it's, it's fair to, to point out that those, there were low blows in that fight. Uh, the ones that ended the fight looked to me, I would call them three consecutive wind up low blows. And the last one got the best you got, you saw the best footage of caught him right on the who, on the who on the balls <laughs> of the who blow of the who blow watch. I mean, of who blow. Now, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, a, a, a low blow is a low blow. We're not going in there and being like, well, I don't know if it actually hit your testicle, sir, Sergey. I mean, you know, so, uh, and, and so I, I, I do wish that, uh, I mean, the first thing I wish that, um, Tony Weeks had done is call the low blows because they were low mm-hmm. blows. I mean, that's, but failing that, um, I think that there was leeway for him to call a knockdown, to rule a knockdown because Sir Kovalev sat on the ropes. Uh, you could say he's being held up by the ropes and, and, and then issue a knockdown. And then, um, you know, I think, I think Ward goes on to win that fight and maybe get the stoppage. You know, there's a good chance of that, but then you don't have this controversy in the end. And, you know, uh, as, uh, although, um, Although I think, you know, the fight was headed in the direction of Andre Ward winning. I think that Kovalev and main events are, uh, you know, have a, are, what else are they supposed to do but complain when, when the finishing blows on the fight were, were low? Well, let's go back to Zapruder film style because there's been a lot of Zaprudering going on on the internet, right? One thing we've seen is 20 weeks of instruction. He pointed to the big white belt that on Kovalev's trunks and said, these are legal. So I think, 
when you look back at the punch that started this, the, the, the body shot in round eight that started Kovalev's exit from Ward, I thought it was on that white stripe. I thought it, it, it did tease low and Ward was warned earlier in the bout for, for going low, as was Kovalev at one point. I felt like that started him being hurt, and then that right hand punch to the chin is really what escalated oh, this. And then when Kovalev was scrambling, Ward got him with a really sick body punch that not a lot of people recognized in there as he was chasing him around. So then when Kovalev is leaning against the ropes, he's not showing you that he's defending himself and he's there to fight. Were some of those low? At least one of them was really bad, the, the finishing one. The other two were borderline. I think you solved it. Weeks could have stopped it, given given Kovalev the time to recover. Or Kovalev could have taken a knee and forced Weeks' hand. What's the worst thing that happens there? The worst thing that happens is you get called for a knockdown, but you get the 10 seconds to recover. I'm not saying that every fighter is going to be in the right frame of mind, and we've never seen Kovalev in that kind of trouble, so he's never had to deal with that kind of adversity before, but that would have kept him in the fight. It reminded me a lot of John Molina against Antonio DeMarco Mm -hmm. in their title fight, where Molina sat on the turnbuckle, basically, and got punched out. Jack Reese called it because Molina couldn't, couldn't throw back. I mean... Yes, there was a little bit of controversy, but for the second time in a row, I think controversy's taken away from what Andre Ward was able to do in the ring, and I think a lot of people are sort of negatively attacking him over over and beyond. Maybe you want to put this on weeks to a certain degree, but I don't think Andre Ward fought dirty. I think you got to give him credit for the the most important, really the most stunning win of his career, where he walked down the the monster in, in Kovalev and finished him like some of his team kind of predicted he would. And now, unlike the first fight, he's number one pound for pound in my mind without a debate. Yeah. All right. Let's let, let two two small quibbles. And again, this is the, we're, this is sort of for the sake of argument. We like I I think we don't overall see a huge difference in like you know how this fight was was trending. Um, but like, so the, the, the body shots that, uh, that Kovalev reacted to like they were low earlier in the eight, near the beginning of the eight round, I thought were low. Uh, I, I like, I, and so the question there kind of is like, you've got that white belt that Weeks said is okay. So if one of Ward's knuckles lands on the <laughs> white part and the rest are below, does that mean it's legal or not? I actually don't know if there is an answer to that. Um, but, it uh, they they seem low enough to to get you know uh, to issue to 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 to, to for weeks to, to acknowledge it instead of forcing Kovalev to to walk right back in and fight and I think that while you cannot rewrite history and and say what would necessarily have happened in either scenario uh, or in any of these scenarios what happened happened um, I think that it looked like Kovalev was still kind of struggling with. Whether they were, you know, with those body shots, uh, which which were borderline uh, or low, um, and and that probably helped him walk into that giant or not be able to defend himself as well against the big right hand that really ended the fight, effect essentially. So there's that, um, and then I don't know if I really buy into the whole um, the whole uh, Sergey Kovalev should have taken a knee in the corner there because because not just because because he was got hit by at least one low blow (laughs) maybe two or three low blows put yourself in the fighter's head there first of all he was hurt bad and we don't know how clearly he's thinking about anything other than survival two uh if he is thinking clearly, what's the most likely thing he might think? Well, it's like, I'm getting hit in the nuts. The ref is going to come in and, and break us up and give me five minutes. You know, not, I should take a knee because the ref is going to stop me for getting well, hit in the nuts. Um, and there was no oh, body language coming off of him that suggested he thought it was a low blow, though. 
not not that there should be, but there wasn't. There was body language that said he was a beaten man. We, but, but, who but, was but, there to get KO'd. All right, but earlier we were just killing. We're not killing Kovalev, but we were criticizing him for selling a borderline low blow, and now saying, "Well, you didn't sell this one." You know, which, what do we want from That's him? That's fair. This That's is, fair. I mean, this is this is this is hashtag boxing. You know, there are no gray areas. You are either a quitter and a coward, or <laughs> you know, a world beater. And you know, I I think Andre Ward. You know, he the, look, he 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 got the win, and I don't think this. The, that, that main events protest is going to go anywhere. Uh, I think it's it's okay for them to put it there so that there is some little asterisk in the history. Not a real asterisk. Not like the win comes with an asterisk. But what I mean is that when people look back in history, that 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 side of the story is at least available to to people, and it doesn't go down as you know. And and just we get a more complete picture of the fight. I think that's all fair. And Ward, for all of the criticism he gets, maybe on Twitter uh, from some fans, you know what? You know who who is defending Andre Ward quite uh, effectively and loudly in this the entire boxing media i think yes. is that is that incorrect and and i think that where they didn't support him after the first fight right and so he is getting all he is getting all the credit and he deserves lots of the credit uh, and he, and, and. That's a good he, distinction. It's really the, fa- the, the anti-Ward fan base. And I understand why people don't like Ward. I get it, right? But the anti-Ward fan base are really the jury here that are, that are hanging him. And the fan, you know, I, there's nothing, fans are, fans are fans. They are allowed to root for whoever they want. I think that, uh, a fan, if they, you know, consider themselves, fans who consider themselves serious fans of the sport, who, 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 uh, have some expertise from watching and following the sport, should not deny Ward credit for being a great fighter, made now deserving of the pound for pound top spot in the sport. Um, but there's still, that doesn't mean you have to like everybody who's good. You root for the guys you like. And, you know, uh, in a, in a perfect world, you would not always, uh, root for them over semi, uh, race related lines, as sometimes it seems like that might be happening here. But at the same time, Boxing is always sold on race-related lines. Like it's, it's it's sort of a weird thing. It's like, oh, you shouldn't do that, and then then they turn around being like, and now we're going to have the best Mexico versus Puerto Rico fight of all time. Let's and, all start and, foaming at the mouth. Like, and by the way, if you don't think Conor Floyd isn't big on the white black thing, as sort of why it's being sold, I want to give a shout out here to somebody who I has been not giving love for his com- for his commentary work lately, and that's Roy Jones Jr. Now I'll come out right off the bat and say. HBO's broadcast was way too pro-ward, okay? Way too. I agree with that completely. I was getting upset with that during the fight. But during the fight, I was getting upset on Roy Jones and almost a, come on, Roy, you're, you're, is Roy Jones washed as an announcer as he is as a fighter? He's hijacking the broadcast because what he was doing is anytime anything, Kovalev did anything good early in the fight, Ward, Roy would jump in and be like, no, no, no. Ward's hitting him harder. No, no, no. He's wearing him down. No, no, no. Kovalev's running out of gas. And he was saying it at times that the average watcher like myself, who isn't a fighter, was saying, no, Roy. Actually, Kovalev is having the better half round here. Or Kovalev's the one on top. And he was the one correcting Max and saying, no, you don't understand. Ward's hitting him harder. Kovalev's fading. And Ward may be able to finish him later because of this. And I think... That's exactly how it ended up playing out. He was proven a prophet in the end, and he does this a lot during broadcasts. He sees little things that you have to be on the inside to be able to see it, right? And I'm going to give him credit for that because he started a narrative that I didn't think was that that was there, and soon that narrative played out, and he looked like a genius, and we suddenly went, oh my god, he's right, Kovalev is fading. Is this just sort of the eyes you have as a fighter and former trainer and, and former promoter as Roy is who's right in the middle of the game who can see it? 
We don't know. I, I, but I'm, I'm okay with giving Roy credit. I was in the same, I, I sort of was thinking the same thing that he was going a little overboard to, to deny Kovalev credit for some of the, you know, for the rounds he was winning or for the effectiveness of the punches that he had. There were parts, I think in the, the fifth and sixth round, there was, you know, when, when, uh, when Kovalev landed punches that, that seemed to actually have an effect and hurt Ward a little. Now, not like the time he went down in the first fight, but that that they were real, you know, they were real shots. And and you look at, and, and just the jab. I mean, Kovalev has a, a a strong jab, a kind of jab that hurts people, that has hurt Ward in the past. And, and it showed up on Andre Ward's face. Here you go. Where it wasn't there in the first fight, that jab was there for most of the second fight. And that's why this was such an even fight. I mean, in, in a lot of ways. Um, Kovalev was shooting it out like a prime biathlon athlete. <laughs> Kovalev just needed some skis to get away. Let's stay on him for a second. Outside of the small percentage that you can, that he redeems for the fact that the first fight was a contested decision against one of the top pound for pound boxers and the second fight had a little bit of a screwball ending. How much, how damaging is this loss to him in your eyes? And where does he go from here in the pound for town top 10 and moving forward in the kind of fights he should go after? Um, I mean, it is damaging and is damaging to his, to his reputation, to the mythology of him as a fighter, as a, as a, someone to be feared. Uh, be, but mythology is just mythology. And the fact, and, and the truth is, I mean, you go back in history, usually great boxer versus great puncher matchups, and that's not to reduce Kovalev to just a puncher. He mm-hmm. has, you know, he has some real, he has real boxing skills and, and, you know, blah, 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 you know, but, there, we know who the boxer was and who the puncher was in this matchup, and usually the boxer wins in those matchups. Are you saying great pitching always beats great defense? No, great great pitching beats great 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 defense. Greets great offense. Greets beats great defense. And it, look, bad, it's got to be your bull. Make bad analogies. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, I could sell you a T-bone steak <laughs> if I put my hand up the butcher's. It's got to be your bull. Wait, yeah, it's your yeah, bull. It's be your bull. He, he could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman wearing white gloves. <laughs> anyway, back to Kovalev. Does he? He's going to dip down on the pound for pound to the back end of the top ten. Maybe some people will pull him all together. Probably not justified. But does he need a couple of fights to get back on this level? Does he go after the contenders at one seventy five that he hasn't already knocked out? Where does he go from here? I say just just keep fighting. Be busy. You know, don't don't fall off the map. And and whether. It doesn't have, he doesn't have to jump right, right in to, you know, try and beat Ward to the Stevenson fight, uh, which, you know, I've heard people suggest, which, I mean, if he wants to, that is great. He put, if he beat, if he goes in and beats Stevenson, he puts himself right back near the top. You know, you, you might say, he's yeah, not getting Stevenson. We know that. I don't think so, but who knows? You know, but, but there's other, there's, the good thing is 175 is a pretty hot, looking like a hot division right now. These young guys are very good. They're not, they, they, they don't, may not have the resumes to fight, uh, Kovalev yet, and they may not want to risk their, their, their undefeated records to fight Kovalev yet. But, uh, they, you know, once, once those fights start happening, it could be really, really special. Um, and against guys other than, than Andre Ward, uh, Sergey Kovalev is an exciting, great fighter to watch who fans will probably get right back behind. And, you know, with a little bit of perspective, it's not much of a shame to have lost a fight to Andre Ward, who really, you know, drags everyone into a disgusting, mauling, <laughs> just, you know, it's it's not sloppy because what he makes you be sloppy while he's being extremely precise in the middle of a, like a phone booth hell, the phone booth from hell. It's just, you know, I mean, he is a master at that. And I think it's fair for, I think it's fair for some fans who don't like that style to say it's a little dirty at times, but 
it, it, the, 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 it's like, oh, like in any competitive sport, if you get away with it, you're good. You know, you, it's not, it, you know, you can be, the fans can criticize you, but you go home with the wins and you're the champion and you're the great fighter. Before we get into Ward's future, the, the last note I'll say on Kovalev is that it was a bad week for him altogether. Look, that was, was not a strong promotion. I think you can throw shade at Rock Nation. You can even maybe throw shade at main events for the handling of it. The, the Connor Floyd news certainly overshadowed it, but this was just not a well-handled promotion. And to see Kovalev walk off the final press conference during fight week, you see the constant sort of soap opera with John David Jackson yeah. that kept getting brought up. John David Jackson, by the way, had some cryptic comments after the fight. There's some, uh, interviews, uh, instant video ringside interviews that a couple of members of the press had with him. Go watch those on YouTube. And Don Turner, I don't know if you saw that video, but they caught up with him after the fight and, and they say, Kovalev's you know, original U.S. trainer. Right, right. Who, who is still an assistant trainer. And uh, and they ask him about Kovalev, and he's like, man, he's just a puncher. Uh, that's all going to be interesting for him. The one thing that's really interesting is Ward negotiated a flat fee of $6.5 for this fight. Very smart, considering it's not going to sell well. Co- the majority of Kovalev's purse is going to come from the pay-per-view percentage, it, it appears. The first fight sold, what, 175000 if they're lucky? I don't know if the second one sold more. I mean, yeah, there was heightened interest. But again, it was not a poorly handled promotion. I, I mean, Kovalev may be angrier than he was with the low blows when he gets his paycheck. But Ward, after the fight, interestingly enough, didn't mention Adonis Stevenson, didn't say, let's leave no doubt in this division, which is really a great fight that can be made. He's now talking about doing Roy Jones things, going up to cruiserweight and maybe heavyweight. And, you know, he, he did throw in the asterisk that it has to be the right opponent. But then you got Virgil Hunter, who I love, the careless whisperer, but running his mouth after the fight saying, man, wouldn't it be something if Ward fought Anthony Joshua? I think he can beat him. No, he can't beat him. He's not going to fight Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua is going to pack him up in a suitcase, right? Like, you want to have him fight a Ruiz-type heavyweight or cruiserweight for a belt? Maybe it's possible. It would be a fun charade. But I think Roy proved, if you put on that muscle, you're not taking that muscle off, okay? So don't mention Anthony Joshua, and if you're going down the heavy road, you're probably going to retire right after. Yeah, that's, that, it is a wild thing. I mean, it, it would be a wild thing to see because Ward, you know, is what, probably a natural super middleweight. He doesn't look all that ripped at 175 to think that he's going to blow up to 200 or more than 200 to fight at cruiser or heavyweight. is crazy. And, you know, the, 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 the sort of stylistically interesting thing about it is if you are that, if you are that size and, likely going to be giving up a lot of weight against your opponent, even if it is a Ruiz style, someone, you know, who you have handpicked to beat. Um, usually the smaller guy in those, in those situations, you know, dances, moves, you know, just outpoints and stays away and never lets the big guy catch up to him. Ward doesn't fight that way. Maybe he would, now Ward is great enough, he might have that in his back pocket and be able to do it well enough against a much slower, right. bigger have, fighter. He doesn't have Roy's speed, that's gonna be he hard to pull that So, on. but like, imagine, uh, Andre Ward at heavyweight trying to, uh, muscle and, 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 uh, and clinch and, and kind of, you know, wrestle with a guy who outweighs him by 30 pounds and even Brian Jennings who's on the small in the small range for for a heavyweight is is has a lot of weight and muscle on Andre Ward it, would that tire him out would the, i mean who knows it's it's an interesting thing to imagine um here's the thing we're missing in this the guy who should be considering cruiserweight and heavyweight might actually be Kovalev by the way who carries such a wiry frame package i've asked him about 17 times in my interviews of Kovalev over the past 4 years do you have designs of moving up? You could put a lot of muscle on your body. It appears your power is good enough it might carry with you, and you do know how to box and you're long, and they always poo-poo the idea. Did I just say poo-poo on a podcast, by the way? I poo-poo that idea. I'm just saying, it probably should be Kovalev who, who's moving up, but he, you know, he doesn't want to. I think there's fights for Ward at 75, whether it's 
better believe better believe it or it's or it's Adonis. I mean, there's fights you can make. Don't go upward, all right? He might, but you know, he might retire for all we know. That's the thing. I um, for me, I would I I would just say I hope he remains in the sport in an active way. You know, I mean, he, he after those wins, he, I, it's not hard to imagine him saying, "Well, all these sort of competitive, you know." Interesting competitive fights or semi, you know, maybe not. Maybe he uh, make, ends up making all the other 175 guys look bad and great for him. I'd rather have him do that than just sort of disappear and wait for the next uh, sort of whatever the closest thing to a super fight they can put together for him would be. Uh, it just, you know, uh, he, he's he's and and I, I think he has incentive to do that because finally. The media is giving him credit for being the best fighter in the world. No, no um, doubt about it. I and, don't... you know, Max went in there and said it. I, I don't see a whole lot of people denying it. Even even with me I, I, having some caveats about the win, uh, you know, I, I think both of those guys deserve credit for fighting each other twice. You see the other guys who look spectacular, the, the Terrence Crawfords, mm-hmm. the Vasily Lomachenko, Vasily Lomachenko. So go, they, you know, they look uh, they, they do look like they, you could, you could make an argument for them as, oh, this guy is actually the most talented guy. But these, Ward just beat Kovalev twice. Uh, you know, and, and if you don't, if he did, if you don't give him the credit and make him number one for that, then what's the point of any, why not just right. look awesome against guys who are a, a full level below you? You know, the, Ward didn't look spectacular because it's hard to look spectacular against Kovalev. He only did when Kovalev worn down. There was a great chess I match. I a question for you, Brian. Forth. Yeah. Now that um, Floyd Mayweather is is you know an active boxer I again, does do you have to immediately install him? As, look, at what point does he get put back on top of the pound for pound That's list? A great is it before point. the Conor fight? Is it after? It's, does, does he have to stay around? Does is this where? Do, how do you deal with this? Number one, that's the perfect transition into our next topic, which is the August 26th pay-per-view carnival that took over not just the boxing world in the past week, the sporting world. The I mean, you know, not to put myself over, but I've got video and phone interviews from Denmark to the Philippines about this fight because people care that much about it. Floyd Mayweather coming out of retirement after two years to face UFC lightweight champion Conor McGregor. We never thought we'd get here in a real boxing match. It's an interesting topic about when does he get back on your pound for pound. I don't think he automatically does because this fight is essentially against an amateur, which is the, the argument we're going to take is how does this affect boxing? And it it's I just can't believe we got here. Rafe and has not just the the whole how did the UFC ever agree to do this that the fight didn't fall apart at the negotiation table that the Nevada Commission and we don't have the time to get into Bob Bennett and the Nevada Commission from oh, State the Rigandow fight we do not have the time but that's a whole nother can we do it after prior to this podcast is unequivocally my only we can unequivocally we'll be there but how did they ever license Connor um I feel he's gonna have to do more than Connor to, to get back on my palm for palm but that's just one thing but the fight from a boxing perspective Rafe. I felt surreal in all the interviews I did, the stories I wrote right after it was announced last Wednesday. Even though it started to feel like, yeah, this is really going to happen, get ready. It was the most surreal I ever felt because this is pro wrestling in the actual non-scripted combat world as close as you can get to it because they're not pretending to present this as competitive. Like, yeah, Leonard Bellerby is talking up suddenly Conor McGregor's power and they'll do they'll do their best to put a bow on it, but they're really not trying to go overboard and sell you there this is the biggest money grab in sports history it is in combat sports history i'd see it sure will be because at the end of the day it'll be probably the second or third highest grossing fight in history I oh mean, you don't think it'll be the first because i'm starting you think, to believe you think it, it can really top the pacquiao numbers i, the 4. I never 4. thought 4 it million? could but the more i talk about it the more radio shows that i have me on the more everyone in my life is reaching out 
this has something that Mayweather Pacquiao didn't have. Racism has, is a hell of a drug, man. It has racism. It has a <laughs> car wreck feel. People can't turn away from car wrecks. What I said in my story was the only thing stronger than Floyd Mayweather's lust for an easy payday is the general public's lust for something they can't turn away from. By the way, it's why Bellator MMA is has a business, right? They put old gold guys that are washed up in there against each other. They make super fights. People will not be able to turn away from this, and they're probably going to pay 120 bucks in the end on pay-per-view to watch it. Yeah. I think it could challenge the record. I really do. Well, you know, I mean, we got to interview Adrian Broner this this morning, and I think he put it as well as almost anyone I've heard anyone say anything about this fight yet, isn't it? Floyd's an effing genius, man. Um, and then he said, hey, I got to call Al and get Steph Curry because yeah. uh, I want to fight on the undercard. And then he know? started calling out, <laughs> calling out Nate Diaz. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, AV is a quick study. I just... We, you know, on the MMA podcast this week, we're going to get into this from the MMA side. From the boxing side, a lot of people ask me this question, Rafe. What entity or individual involved in this fighter, promoter, whatever, is is going to lose the most, has the most to lose in this situation? Because obviously the MMA fans sort of seem, or the MMA fighters both have the reaction, it seems like, of, oh, wow, I can't believe Connor pulled this off. Good for him. The boxing side is sort of like, oh, man, why are we taking attention away from real fights? I think the one entity that has the most to lose is the boxing business as a whole, the boxing pound-for-pound business, because we talk about it ad nauseum. The only way to make really high-selling fights that go over a million pay-per-view buys is to involve the casual general public, right? Trick them into a storyline or a matchup. And Floyd and boxing in general is that reoccurring boyfriend in your life who's who's taken you for a ride in the past and stolen your finances and may have beaten you and is this jilted ex-lover that comes back bearing gifts and you get tricked back into it every once in a while, people are still sore from Mayweather Pacquiao and the $100 they lost. If this is the train wreck in the ring that we expect it to be and a lack of a payoff for the money invested, this really could kill boxing pay-per-view. Forget the fact that the best fight of the year is three weeks later. Gennady Golovkin, Canelo Alvarez in Las Vegas. How many pay-per-view buys is that going to lose if Floyd Connor doesn't at least entertain you, right? Boxing, this is the representation of boxing to the real world. They don't watch HBO and Showtime on Saturday nights, right? They watch Floyd once a year. This is all they know about boxing. Once again, boxing going to take a black eye, or am I too harsh and too stuck within the boxing point of view? Because I know some people like to say, hey, man, it's a circus. Put on your circus hat and enjoy it. No, boxing doesn't need the circus. Boxing has enough circuses every weekend. I mean, that is a, I mean, it's a, it's a strong argument. I, and I, I think Chan, probably that's the, that's right. One, on one hand, we never really know what, what is, how it's going to play out. Be, not, not, I think we do know how the fight is going to play out, <laughs> but we do, we don't know how the, the fans, how the, how the public ends up reacting to this stuff. If there is the same sort of, um, repulsion they felt towards the sport after the uh floyd manny fight. Um, and if it ends up really, really, you know, doing damage well, to the numbers that, Golovkin, Can- Canelo, and Golovkin. Do Can the fans separate later. the carnival from the from a real fight? Can fans separate that in your eyes, or do people just the same people that'll buy because they think McGregor has the chance? Are those the same people that'll be thoroughly upset when the fight is awful and he has no chance? Uh, people are going to be pretty pissed when when the people who who are coming to see Connor put a put put that left on on <laughs> Floyd's chin I think are going to be very disappointed. I don't know the people who think that to begin with I don't know who they blame because it's such a crazy thing to kind of imagine that I, I don't know who you, who they 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 
direct their anger at. Um, it may end up being the boxing business may be bad for it. I look when they started talking to about about this fight, you know, last year, even going back a little further than that. It was funny. I, I, I just can't get mad at him for it. You know, they pulled it off. This, they, like, this is the, this is the Lufthansa heist. Shout out to Mike <laughs> Lombardi. Uh, this is the Lufthansa heist and they're doing it and they're, they're telling you they're doing it and then doing it. And mm-hmm. like, you just have to, it's, and they're both as characters. You just want to see what, what's going to happen in the lead up. The, 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 the this, this is a great circus. This is a it fantastic is. circus. The press conferences will be unbelievable. Connor never fails to deliver here, but a lot of people come back at me and just sort of say, well, if you were in their spots, you would take it. So why are you mad at them? Well, that's true. Number one. Well, I'd, I personally wouldn't have jumped into the ring, by the way, for a hundred million. Maybe other people would. I wouldn't. That's, that's a totally, totally unrealistic because you know what? The, that we are the, like, like that we are some people who the Nevada commission is not going to sanction exactly. that bout exactly. for. So, uh, but I get when people say they would do the same thing. So that's fine. That's not what I'm mad at. And then people also come at me and go, how are you writing negative columns about Floyd when, you know, Muhammad Ali was accepting seven million to be in like a pseudo MMA match against Antonio Noki? Here's my reaction to that. That was an exhibition. That was a circus that was called a circus. This is being masqueraded as a real fight that will historically pace Floyd Mayweather from tying the mythical Rocky Marciano record and putting him to a much more marketable 50 and 0. This is a real fight. This is not like a Bellator Friday night fight that you're sort of like, okay, this is a one-off. This is Kimbo Slice against Dada 5000 or whatever the guy's name was. This is not that. This is a real fight that's part of Floyd's legacy. So you're damn right I have a problem with it. I have a problem with Floyd who, buddy, you want to come back? Guess what? A lot of business to do with a Keith Thurman, with an Errol Spence, with a lot of guys like that. Even if you wanted to money grab Pacquiao in a rematch, I would be more interested than I am in this McGregor fight. And there's a whole other MMA argument that means McGregor, who's already held the featherweight division hostage in 2016, is now holding the lightweight division. McGregor's won two world titles in the UFC, never defended either of them one time. Now he's going to go a whole year without fighting in the UFC. So for both of these guys, they're going to line their pockets, but they're hurting their own sports to a certain degree maybe that's an old man take well uh, no that, that is no it, it all makes sense it's just sort of it's hard the, you know then it's hard to blame them it's just sort of like the, and they're and i just like you know I, it's, it's i'm at the point where i'm getting old and so misanthropic that i just when <laughs> someone comes along and pisses everyone off the way that floyd and connor do it just i i just like clap my hands and say all right you know you're making people angry you're, you're you know like you're you are you're making people angry and getting rich doing it and it's it's uh i i applaud you sir for for pulling it off the thing the one thing that you can uh if you, i had to if you like you know forced me to make an argument about how this could be good for boxing. It's like boxing people are going to make a lot of money off of this, which eventually, I mean, some of it. Well, what boxing gets people? Who? Showtime. <laughs> okay, yeah, Showtime and Al Heyman are going to make a lot of money off of hey, this. Well, Al Heyman, you know, Al Heyman overpays a lot of other fighters, and and some of the money that that Floyd generates for for the from this will go into paying for fights down the road. Now, does that mean that the overall business is going to be in better shape? Probably not, but. Uh, just and also, it's just hard for anyone who makes a large or small chunk of 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 a living off of the sport of boxing. It's it it's hard to sit there and and uh, complain about Floyd Mayweather and what he does because he has been in a lot of ways underwriting our paychecks or generating okay, the so money. That, that's that, the best that point. Everyone you, you know, everyone in this sport, from fighters to media to you know that that comes from the big events that Floyd Mayweather has done for, you know, years and that Oscar did before him. That's a great comeback because 
Is Floyd Mayweather returning in any form great for the sport and great for us? Yeah, it is. In full disclosure, is it good for my career that I'm going to be on every possible show for the next, you know, 69 days or whatever until this show, until this fight happens? Yes, it is. So I understand that. I accept that. I, what do I want? Do I want it to be actually held in a circus tent to 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 justify the fact that it's a circus? It's Cirque du Soleil, you know. I, I, I mean, so. Floyd has had them walk him to the ring before. All right, we are short on time. I want to go one minute more on this. If you are training Conor McGregor and he's still using his MMA team, he's bringing in some striking coaches, we laugh at that, but it's almost the smartest move, right? Because the only guy that had any kind of success against Floyd in recent memory was Marcos Maidana, who was so non-traditional in the punching angles and the way he controls space and just crowds you. If you're coaching Conor McGregor, do you tell him you're not going the distance because no one goes the distance and beats Floyd? You know, Maidana came close. Give him a lot of credit. Are you just saying, look, dude, it's it's a two-round fight. It's a three-round fight. Empty the tank and be as crazy and unorthodox as you possibly can and just try to wing it. Is that your only only chance? And then if and then if you can't and Floyd makes the adjustment, do you hide for 12 rounds or do you just go out on your shield? Is that the best way to save face? There's a lot of things to talk about here. That is a – you know, that's an interesting point because – so this is obviously fought in boxing rules, but – um, you know, they, they, MMA fighters, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, MMA fans for butchering your sport a little bit here. I don't know what the right term is for when they jump in the air and, and punch people. Can Floyd, can Connor try to like jump in the air and punch Floyd? Is that, that should, that should be legal, right? That's, it's still fists, no? A Superman punch, essentially. Yes. I don't believe you can do that because remember when Manny tried to punch Claudie with That's two hands the symbols, at the same well, time? Well, well, the okay, symbols. one hand on the Superman There's punch. been a couple other attempts in boxing of a backhand punch where you take your jab and you almost slap somebody with it. It's almost like a spinning back fist in MMA and they've outlawed it right away. You're not going to see any of that. I don't think he's going to – Connor's going to have a chance to legalize it. And then, hey, how smart is Floyd, by the way, to work it? Two things Floyd's really smart on this announcement, okay? One, he worked it in the deal that the breakdown on the split of the purse cannot be talked about. They signed a confidentiality agreement. Smart move, one. And then two, he worked it in the deal that Connor would get sued and have his face heavy financial penalties should he break out any MMA-style moves in there. And I want to give you one more thing that Floyd was really smart about. We thought the only concession he gave Connor was the fact that he allowed this fight at 154. When Connor holds the bell at 55 at the UFC. So you're thinking, make Connor suck down to 47 is probably the smart move where Floyd did all of his business. And Leonard Elby's like, no, Floyd's fine with that at 54. We were okay with that. 54 is where the 10 ounce gloves start. 47 and below is where the 8 ounce gloves start. Of course, Floyd was more than willing to do it there. Let's limit any possible chance of Connor coming in and winging one, right? That is that, hey, you know, AB said it today. Floyd's an effing genius, man. Transitioning into the A.B. Garcia talk, we're going to have their interviews coming up. want to talk first, though, about this new Adrian Broner. You're going to hear from him in a second, but things we talked about with him was, you know, you're going to have that narrative. Is he finally going to change? And he addresses that. But one thing he was is incredibly entertaining at, at today's press conference to, to, to announce it. I almost feel like he packaged his humor and almost self-awareness in ways we'd never heard before. Yeah, it really felt like he had hit sort of like the the Goldilocks perfect balance of, you know, of Adrian Broner brashness and and bravado and humor and mixing it in with making jokes about his baby's mothers and stuff like that um and being willing to sort of engage with with the with uh with reporters who challenged him a little bit during the press conference. I mean, it was it was the most uh, likable, I, you know, I've seen Adrian, and I, I've never been one to, who really strongly disliked Broner, but this is something where he really, he really had the charm turned up and it was working. And 
if he does that all the time, that's a great thing for him. I mean, and I don't know if that necessarily means that he's turned his life around and, you know, you never know. I mean, it's Adrian Broner. He, he could have just had a good morning and this afternoon he'll be, you know, at a Popeyes on 34th Street pretending to, <laughs> uh, defecate dollar bills in the bathroom. Like you, you can't, you don't really know what the next thing is going to be, the next reversal, but it was, I, I, I was happy for him. It was good to see him totally in control of his act because that's the thing. He, he there, there have been a lot of times when it, when it veers into that kind of dark area where it's like, you know, it, it was an act and now it, now it's kind of spiraling all, all, all the way out of his hands. Um, and, uh, Hey, if that, if that means that he also comes into this fight with Mikey Garcia in great shape, makes the 140 pound limit and, and boxes his, you know, boxes his ass off, uh, then. His eggs off, if you will. His eggs, by the way. The huevos, the huevos, the, the fried eggs, as, uh, Guillermo Rigando likes to tweet. Um, if he, you know, if he comes in and does a great performance, then we'll get a great fight. I don't know that that will be a much closer fight than I think people think it will be, just judging on their recent form and the fact that every time Mikey Garcia steps in the ring, he is, uh, fighting, you know, in peak Garcia. Well, we had a, we had a really nice sit down with him. Let's throw it to that now. We really got into Broner about the off the field problems, if you will, how that's going to be different this time around. Let's hear what AB had to say. Now stepping into this corner, AB Adrian Broner on the heels of his big July 29th return against Mikey Garcia, a junior welterweight showcase bout this summer at the Barclays Centers in Brooklyn. We're here in New York City for the press conference announcement. AB, thanks so much for joining us, man. No problem. Thank you guys. Look, we want to get your initial reaction to hearing this fight because this was a fight, let's say, not everyone knew was possible. It was a little bit of fantasy matchmaking. How did you first learn about this opportunity? What was your reaction? Um, Al Heyman called me one day and he was like, uh, who, do you, who do you want to fight? And I was like, I gave him some names and then he was like, okay, cool. He said, uh, I think I got something bigger than that. And he was like, I'll call you back in a couple of days. So he called me back and he was like, uh, how about Mikey Garcia? I was like, all right, go ahead. Just like that. What is your, let's say, basic opinion of Garcia, who we've seen win titles at 30, now 35. He's talked about one day moving up to the money divisions for the big fights. What is your stock on where he sort of fits in pound for pound? Um, he's, a, he's a hungry young fighter, and um, he wants to build his resume and um, build his career and uh, hopefully uh, be a big name in boxing. You know, he already got a big name, good name, a good following. But you know, um, I think boxing now is is going back to the old days where all the all the good elite fighters want to fight each other, and that's what's going on today. Uh, can I let me jump in and ask Adrian? Uh, is there uh, any element of you know revenge in this in this fight for you? Just because nah, you nah, fought Madonna, nah, nah, Robert nah, trained nah, this nah. brother, nah, 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 nah. It's it's not about revenge, you know. Um, um, I got great respect for Robert Garcia as a coach. You know, um, me and McDonough is, is good friends. And, uh, <laughs> it's hard not to like him in some ways. Um, you know, um, this is just another big fight for boxing. You know, uh, hope, hopefully we break a lot of records and um, put on a good show. I know I'm going to put on a good show. And um, it's going to be a great night of boxing. I like when you sort of said, like, we're going back to the old school. Fighters taking on big fights. You've never been one to duck that. I mean, you fought Maidana. You fought Porter. You, you, you fought as many title fights as you could being a four-division champion. What do you think sort of changed? And in, in, for a while, people seem to be following this, let's say, Floyd model. Now people are starting to match heavy again. I guess uh, the networks are tired of bullshit fights. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, you know, and um, you know, it's just it's just time for a change, man. Let's you you got too much talent in boxing right now for everybody to be staying away from each other. So let's all just fight. I think there's some people that hear this matchup, they're naturally going to say, "Whoa, can AB still make forty comfortably for a fight this big?" What do you say to that? Um, of course. I mean, you know, um, you know, in my previous fights, I really didn't have a reason to make 140 pounds. You know, now I really got a reason to make 140 pounds. You know, not only, you know, because it's a big name, and um, they're gonna give, hopefully, give me my my credit for this one. But you know, um. I got a lot at stake if I don't make weight. <laughs> I, I ain't trying to pay. I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to pay a guy to be <laughs> to, to put hands on him. Um, you know, I, and we're talking about uh, fighters making good fights and kind of you know people getting sick of the bullshit. I mean, as a fighter, you know, uh, you've actually had a, a more of a heavy resume than a lot of guys, especially given I don't know given criticism that that you and other fighters get about sometimes about some of your matchups. But I mean, when you look at look at it, you know, you, now you've added Mikey Garcia to that list. Um, you know, uh, what's it? Uh, are, are you just down to fight anybody? I mean, when is it? You know, um, honestly, I, I do what's best for my career. You know, at this time, this day and place of boxing in my career. Mikey Garcia was was one of the, you know, fights that I felt was the best for my career. So, you know, um, we took the fight. He took the fight. Of course, it's going to be the most money he's made. And, you know, um, we're going to put on the epic, epic night of boxing, July 29th. You think Mikey is stepping up in class to fight you? <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but it's not, a, it's not a walk in the park for me. You know, uh, I know everybody's looking like um, I fought the... the, the the higher weight, you know, um, but, you know, Mikey, he's a solid fighter, you know, I know he's going to come to fight, I know he's going to be prepared, and um, I'm, I'm definitely going to bring my A game, so, you know, um, you're, you're looking at a electrifier, probably probably the biggest fighter of, of 2017. I always say AB's so great for boxing, no matter if you make some negative headlines sometimes, you're so great for boxing because you bring a show, your, your fight against Adrian Granados, I believe, is still... You know the highest-rated cable fight we've seen, if not one of the very highest in 2017. How much do you carry a responsibility to bring a show along they, with they, what happens in they, the ring? They actually said the highest in, in the last two years yeah. of Showtime. But you know, um, I really, I don't do it. I don't purposely do it. I just, I just be myself. You know, um, and I just love to entertain. You know, anytime. You know, anytime I put on a show or anytime I fight, I want people to go home like, wow, I never seen that before. And I want to see it again. One, two, three, four, check, check. Considering your all-time greatest moments in the ring, in terms of bringing the spectacle against Maidana, doing the grinding, was that just an improv moment for you? Because people still show that meme on, on the internet constantly. Uh, it was, it was just, it was just the, the, the. The time and place. I was just like, you know, I don't, th- I don't think of these things. You know, it's it's just all. On, it was just on the spot, man. I, I just like having fun. That's, that's what I do. My mom said it. Don't do a job. Don't, don't work a job if you don't love it and, and you're not having fun with it. So, you know, I I love boxing. I just try to have as much fun with boxing as I can. And I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, we know it's a business. You know better than we do. It's a business. Um, but, you know, what, what in your career, like, looking back, and I don't care what it is, you know, you can go way back if you want. What, was, what were those moments, what was one of those moments where you just felt that pure, you know, love of the game, like, the, the sport? 
uh, when I won my first world title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was one of the most surreal moments for me. Was that the DeMarco fight? No, no, no before that, right? Uh, the Rodriguez fight. Rodriguez, right. And, you know, I, when I won my first world title, it was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I've been boxing since I was six years old, and we finally here. And then every world title after that, you know, I got the same feeling. So, you know, um, when I win these fights and, and tears run down my face, you know, it it, it, it really be serious for me, you know, because all of the hard work that I put in. And, you know, I think, you know, this this fight is going to be so surreal to me because I got a lot of doubters right now. I don't know why. But <laughs> it's a lot of people doubting me in this fight. But, you know, um, we're here to prove them all wrong. Well, let's talk about that doubt. There's a prevailing narrative, right, that, like, okay, Garcia's moving up in weight. You're going to meet him there. Tough matchup. Garcia's Kimpanch. He's so technically strong. But there's always that asterisk. If AB finally puts together his best day in the ring, we don't know how good he can be. I believe that. I've always believed that maybe you don't show as great of a slick boxer as you can be at times because you love to punch. Your counterpunching is so slick. It's so on point. What percentage would you say you have been able to show of your true potential? Uh, I told somebody this. I think I, think I said like about 65%. You know, I, I know I could do a lot, but sometimes... When I'm in fights and I make my adjustments and I see what's working, I just stick to that and I just win. But I think Mikey Garcia is going to bring out the other side that a lot of people <laughs> haven't seen of Adrian Bronner. And, you know, uh, <laughs> July 29th is going to be a special night, especially for me because my birthday is July 28th. There you go. There you go. It's so, 29, right? Yeah. No, I'll be 28. You try to put years on. I'm trying to add one on you. The beard is thick. It's making you manly today. <laughs> but you know, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great day for me and my twin brother, and um, I'm, I'm definitely gonna be victorious, and uh, we're gonna have fun after that. All right, then you say 65 percent, Rafe. Right? The natural reaction is, how do you get to 100? Then you say, is it Garcia has to pull it out of you? He has to come forward in the way that Maidana pulled it out of you at the end of that fight. You don't get credit for walking him down in the last couple of rounds. I mean, that's okay, but, you know, as you can see, when they asked him, uh, will he fight me again, he said no. Uh, he said I was the strongest fighter he ever fought, and I was a 35-pounder then. I came from 35 to fight 47. So, you know, um, you, 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 need, you always need that, that fighter to bring the best out of you. So, you know, I think Mikey got what it take to bring the best Adrian Bronner out of me, and... Um, the problem will be 100%. Well, I said for this fight, I'm back to Cam mm. Um, You think that having, you know, been through some tough fights, having lost in your career and come back uh, gives you, you know, a chance to maybe have a, a, a mental edge on Mikey who, who really has, you know, cruised this far in his career? Um, I wouldn't say a, a mental edge. You know, um, I, I would say I've been through more than what he... I face more adversity than what he's he's faced already. Um, you know, you know. Go, when I go into arenas, it's probably I say seventy percent against me, thirty percent with me every night. When you, you fight know. at home, though. Even when I fight at home. <laughs> 
even when I fight at home. Um, when he go to to arenas, it's seventy thirty the other way. You know, his whole career. So, um, you know, I can say I've been through more. But, you know, I'm not banking on that. You know, I know he's going to be prepared. I know Robert Garcia is, is going to have a nice game plan because he feel like he's conquered or defeated me once with Maidana. But uh, he'll, he'll be going against a different Adrian Brown in July 29th. There's a sort of a feeling from those who support you on the outside saying, for some of the issues you had in your personal life, when are you going to rein that in? How do you respond to that? Yeah. I've changed a lot. And, um, you know, um, that that gets me through the day, man. I, you know, my changes, you know, I go through everyday, every, everyday things just like everybody else. And um, I'm just taking it a day at a time. Do you need to move out of Cincinnati to, to, to take that next step and in, in, in make your career what you want it to be? I actually just did that. To where? Breaking news into <laughs> yeah, the right? In This Corner podcast. Yeah, 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 I actually just moved out of Cincinnati. Yeah. Was that part of the decision, just kind of to, to yes. get a little bit of a fresh start? Yes, yeah. It's, it's like, you know, um, Floyd once told me, man, you got to move out of Cincinnati to, so you can reach your fullest potential. You already did. You, you, all you can do there, you, you've outgrown your city. It's time for you to move out and, and expand. You know, I finally got it after these last few incidents I've been in. And, you know, um, it's time to move on. How hard is it to go through that? And I know there's a lot of people that will listen will say, well, hey, you brought some of this on yourself. But you're, you're a real person. How hard is it to go through the, the public headlines when they're that negative? You just got to have a nice, you got to have a positive people around you, um, positive energy, and um, just try your best to, to block it out. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, I mean, you, you've sort of lived a lot of the good times in public on Instagram, yeah, on yeah. Twitter, you know, I mean, and, and then also, you know, have shared a lot of sort of the, the dark moments, the bad times publicly. Do you ever, I mean, you know, do you, do you regret having yourself out there uh, that much when, you know, when, when, when it's bad and then all of a sudden people are piling up on you? No, I mean, it's nothing I can do. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm already Adrian Bronner. I'm a celebrity now. <laughs> so you just got to gotta take the bitter with the sweet, you know, um. Now I, I have to be as discreet with things as I can because it's like I have no privacy now. Anything I do, is, <laughs> it just blows up. So, uh, you know, it, it's about just doing things different, different now. You go from doing things maybe to, to try and get a little bit more attention to now not being able to avoid attention even yeah. if you just walk in. Yeah, exactly. All right, 28, you're turning. This will be a major fight, I think, in your career in, in terms of where you're headed in your eyes, where are you headed? What are your goals and how you're going to close out your career? Honestly, um, um, I think I'll be that next mega star in boxing. You know, uh, there's only one person that can fill that void of, of Floyd Mayweather, and, and I feel like it's me. We couldn't let you go without asking you the, the story that's that's taking up everybody's attention. It is Floyd Mayweather against Conor McGregor. People call it a circus fight, a carnival uh, fight. They're going to print a lot of bills for it. What is your reaction from a boxer, to, to, but also being a friend of Mayweather to seeing this? Um, well, I mean, what can I say? <laughs> He's a f-ing genius. <laughs> uh, hell, if, if I don't take any punishment... After my fight, I would like to fight uh, the next UFC star, 
on the undercard. The next NBA champion, the next Bieber. Well, you know, <laughs> if it makes money, does it make sense? Is that it? is that the goal in the end? Tell so, uh, you know, uh, after after this podcast, I'm gonna call Al and tell him to make me a fight with Steph Curry. There it is. <laughs> He's rangy, there but uh, it <laughs> yeah, it's quick. Got quick hands, though. Got a quick release. You know? uh, let, can I throw in one random question? Not that random, but uh, you know, different from what we've been talking about. Adrian, you, you called out Manny Pacquiao before. He's now, you know, they just announced that he's fighting on ESPN against this this Australian guy, Jeff Horn. That and he's no got heard July, a, you know. Um, if it makes money, it makes sense, right? Uh, but like, you know, it, I guess things are ch- shifting a little bit on the so business side in boxing. Huh? Can you get? It's not paper. <laughs> well, who knows where the money's come from? But wow. they, they're probably getting it somewhere. Um, but if you know, with some of the shifts in Pacquiao, the business, Pacquiao, yeah, give me right. Pacquiao, give me a call, man. Bob and Harold, man, y'all need me, man. Y'all, hey. It's not looking too good, man. Y'all fight. Y'all back on ESPN, man. <laughs> well, you've called, called out Crawford before. Is it? Can you make a fight with an Aram fighter? Can that happen? Yes. And I think after my great performance on July 29th, I think that was sparked the fuel with me and Pacquiao, and um, I think we're going to make it happen. All right. In closing, for anybody listening to this, you're, you have your doubters, you have your skeptics. Why are they going to believe you this time around that you're ready to take that step, become the pay-per-view star that we all thought you could be? It's all about action. It's, uh, it's about action, and um, now it's time to just start showing showing action and um you know um put my hands where my mouth is and well well put my hands where other people mouth is <laughs> and you know uh it's, it's time to perform on, like I was in my early, early stages putting on these great shows and you know um it's time to really focus and and, and, and get serious for the next half of my career well, it's birthday season coming up, July 29th. The AB will be turning the big two-way. Mikey Garcia, Showtime, the Barclays Center. This is Big Time Boxing. You're back. Best of luck to you, AB. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'll tell you, Rafe, AB never ceases to please when it comes to giving you the funny sound bites from calling out Steph Curry to all that. One sort of breaking news he may have dropped on us, I don't know if that was the first time, is that he's moved out of Cincinnati. So, Rafe, is this the time that AB is for real, that he's finally cleaned up his life. Did you catch any sincerity in what he said? I caught some sincerity. The thing that worries me there, or that worries me, the thing that I'm not quite sure how to interpret is that, you know, and maybe you didn't hear me, I tried, when when he said he moved out of Cincinnati, I said, to where? And he didn't answer. And then during the press conference after our interview, it start, it started to sound like, uh, maybe he's actually just meant that he was, it could be that he just meant that he was training in Colorado Springs for this fight, which is good. I mean, that's, that's a better place than, you know, than, you, than, than, you know, his hometown or South Beach or, you know, West Hollywood, but it is not, doesn't, it's not quite mean the same, like, large scale commitment to, uh, getting, you know, devoting his life to being the best fighter he can be. Maybe that is what he meant. We don't, it, it, he didn't quite give, we don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't run with that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't write the, uh, Adrian Broner and, you know, says he's turning so, his life around, leaving Cincinnati behind. Mark Kriegel uh, on line one. Yeah. Um, uh, but, um, but, you know, just seeing the way he, he held, you know, he carried himself today was, was great. He was funny, engaging, uh, had, didn't, didn't totally try and fake like, um, you know, some born again thing. Didn't, didn't say, you know, I'm giving up cockfighting and womanizing and all the things <laughs> that Manny gave up back in the day. Um, which was real, by the way. By the way, Manny hasn't had a KO since he's given up that stuff, just so you know out there. As Floyd says though, Rafe, the proof will be in the pudding, right? That, that's where the proof will be, in, in the, 
In the pudding. In the pudding. It'll, it'll, be, in ask, the, it'll does, be in the pudding, Rafe. Okay? Does he have to? Does, does so? Does that mean Broner has to win this fight, or or no, just he look 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 like a good version of himself? I, although Broner told us he you know he has visions and finally being that pay per view star we thought he can be a victory for him is fighting valiantly and he's up against a top really a top ten pound for pound guy right on the edge of that a Mikey Garcia. There are victories for him that that can be in there and not in victories because he still has a run as just an attraction, right? There's a high level of attraction. If he can win fights, he can even be a carnival attraction. I just think he's got to come out and give the best effort. I still don't think we've ever seen the best version of him. No, certainly not above 35. So there's that chance for him. Let's talk to Mikey Garcia, though, who who fits the B-side, the other half of this really strong July 29th card. Let's hear what good old Mikey had to say. Moving up from 35, this should be an interesting one. And now we are pleased to get five good minutes on In This Corner with Mikey Garcia, who will be the opponent, of course, for Adrian Broner, July 29th. Mikey, this is a an action-packed summer bout that I don't think a lot of people saw coming. So rehash for us how it was approached to you and what your reaction was to getting a fight of this magnitude. Yeah, we were both actually looking for opponents uh, you know, for the summer, and uh, there was uh, very limited options available, and so Showtime mentioned, well, what if you guys you know, get in the ring together? And I, I told him the only, the only thing that I, I need to uh, make clear is that we cannot fight any higher than 140 pounds. That was the only thing, and uh, but apparently Adrian, you know, accepted right away. He liked the fight, he liked the the idea, and he had already planned on moving to 140, so it makes sense for him also. And uh, the fans are really, you know, uh, looking forward to it. They're they're really excited about this fight. You've said for years that you're always going to be ready down the line to go up to 40, 47 for the Pacquiao level fights, sure. the big ones. Why put the ceiling at 40 now for you as you move ahead? Well, because it is the fight that makes the most sense right now for my career. Uh, like I said, at 135, the options were very limited. We could not secure unification matches. And uh, the title defenses, fights that were available, were not going to do much for my career. So a fight with Adrian Broner made, made more, more sense. Uh, Mikey, you know, I want to ask you about the matchup a little bit. You know, in the fights that Broner has lost, a lot of the, the – he's had, you know, he's had problems with guys who – go at him with volume you know I mean you were obviously there to see uh, you know Chino Maidana beat him and then you know what happened with Sean Porter you're more of a patient boxer more of the time are you planning just to sort of go in and fight your normal fight or are you going to adjust your style a little bit maybe to uh, to give him trouble I'm going to be prepared uh, to do whatever it takes to win but um, naturally I am a more patient counter puncher uh, fighter and I think that's how I'm going to start the fight but if I need to press on the fight and and go and, and, and pressure the fight, then that's what I'm going to be able to do. Mikey, the, the logical connection here is that a, a guy that you've trained with, Marcos Maidana, had a big fight against Adrian Broner, of course, and was able to defeat him. A fight a lot of people still talk about. Do you look at that as any kind of blueprint on, on how you get past AB? Well, it gives you a blueprint, you know, that if you put pressure and, you know, trade punch with them, you push them back enough, you know, you could win. Just like Sean Porter did. Sean Porter just put a lot of pressure and racked up the points and he was able to win. Um, but I, I don't know if that's something that I can apply to my fight game. Um, I'm not naturally that fighter. Um, naturally, I'm a bit of a tactical fighter and counterpuncher and just, you know, patient fighter. I don't know if I'm going to be able to use this this time. I may have to put some pressure on a few rounds, but I'll be ready to do whatever it takes to win this fight. Um. And just you know, to to ask about um, Madonna, like, have you you know what have you guys uh, has he been up in the states recently? Is he uh, how's he looking? What's he? Uh, we're we're huge fans of him yeah, on this podcast. We want to see him back. I seen him uh, a few months back. Uh, I forget the fight that it was, but um, 
you know, he's he's in Argentina. Yeah. You know, he's he's enjoying his retirement and his his family, his you know, his wife and and kids, and um, he's very happy with with the way things uh, turned out for him, and he he doesn't have the the itch to get back in boxing you know he's very happy with what he accomplished uh well in and in you know in that fight and this is something we've seen uh broner do in other fights so you know he, he's not he doesn't mind clowning a little bit like if uh, you know uh i don't know how do you how do you think you would respond if if he does the you know one of his little hump moves he's or grinding kind of, on you yeah. what's gonna happen here uh, i mean that's that's adrian broner and um you know on fight night it is a fight um if he gets dirty it's gonna get dirty if uh, he wants to fight clean, I'll fight clean. If he wants to start being disrespectful, I can also be disrespectful. You know, we're in a fight. At that point, you know, he's there to hurt me, and I'm there to hurt him. You know, so, you know, jokes aside, you know, if he's joking, I ain't joking. Mm-hmm. So, I that, that can only be, you know, a fight that I'm sure he's taking serious. I'm going to take very serious, and... You know, we'll, we'll show up on July 29th and best man will win. Mikey, there's a narrative obviously surrounding this fight that, you know, when are we finally going to see the best Adrian Burner? Is there still time for us to see the best Adrian Burner? I'm sure you're preparing for the best. He told us earlier today he's only given 65%, let's say, of what he can do in the ring. How do you, where is your opinion on where he is right now as a fighter? You know, I mean, in your own percentage of, uh, of how much better he can be than what we've seen. When he's at his uh, A game, you know, he's performed very, very well, terrific. Um, DeMarco and, and the fights under that 130 were, were great performances. Um, you know, even Maidana fight was was a, a, a tough fight. He was in shape. He was, he was ready. He, he, he wanted to prove everybody. Maidana was just a little bit better that night. But, um, you know, when he's serious and, and focused on a fight, he really performs. And it seems like he's very focused this fight. He's taking his camp to Colorado away from the distractions and really focusing on, on, on me because he knows I ain't an easy easy opponent. This is probably going to be one of his toughest fights, and he understands that. Um, I think he's going to come at 100% this time. Well, that's sort of the social media reaction, right? It's sort of like, oh, they're cashing him out. Mikey's been so dangerous. This is a bad fight for AB. But is there does that wild card element drive you? Because you know, like we said, we still haven't seen how great he can be. I, I think we've seen some of the greatest of Adrian Broner and some of those fights, like I mentioned. And I think this is going to be one of those fights where he's going to come with his A game also. And I want that. I embrace that. I want the best Adrian Broner because that will also bring out the best out of me. In terms of just, you know, talent as a fighter, hopefully he comes with that best version of himself. Um, and even is this in some ways not just going up, you know, and wait for you, but also is it a step up to another level of class that I mean I think you've shown you belong at, but but like the the opponents you've had so far maybe aren't quite on that talent level. Well, as far as opponents, he's definitely the most accomplished yeah. of my other opponents that I faced, other champ that faced other multiple champions who have been champion multiple times, but never four divisions. You know, they've been champion in two divisions or or two or three times in one division. Um, now, as far as, you know, caliber of fighters, um, it's hard to tell which caliber of fighters better, my previous opponents or himself. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming he's at his A game, he will probably be the best fighter that I have faced. However, some of the other fighters that I faced were also very great fighters. I just made it look easy. It was, it was my ability, my boxing that made it easy. 
And that, in a way, might actually take some credit away, thinking, oh, well, maybe the other guy wasn't that great. But then I leave, and he comes back and becomes champion two more times and beats uh, you know, one hell of a fighter. And, and then, you know, he regains the title again and right. keeps fighting, you know, and different fighters have done that. You know, I, well, yeah, I, just, almost, I just made it easy. We're talking about, you know? it sounds like the main example of this is Orlando Salido, right? And or Orlando no Salido one has, and no one has, Martinez. right? No, no one has made, has handled those guys. No one handled them like, like I did. Um, even Martinez, you know, after I beat him, he regained the title mm-hmm. with a fight with uh, Orlando Salido. And then um, they had a draw and, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's hard to tell, you know, if one guy is that much better than the other. But skills, you can't deny Adrian Broner's skills. Speed and power are there. Yeah. Looking back on the Salido fight, you know, does part of you, you know, wish that you have, you know, that, that the, the headbutt and the broken nose hadn't happened so you could have gotten, the, you know, of like, because people, you still kind of take credit, a little bit of credit away from you for that fight. Yeah, people still take some credit away thinking that I stopped the fight when it was actually the doctor and the referee that stopped the fight. And the reason why they stopped is because it was a headbutt. Had it been a punch, I would have lost. Had it been a punch, I would have lost the fight. But it was a headbutt that caused the, the broken nose. The doctor and referee stopped the fight. It wasn't my call. But I, again, I ain't going to dispute that. I knew I, I won the fight. I dropped him four times. Easy fight for me. Um, and I, it was only a round or two away from, from stopping him. I knew one round or two I was ready to stop him. Just so happens that he headbutted me at the end of the eighth round. Mikey, as we close here and as we talk about this second half of your career and the big things you have ahead of you you know your brother had a really great career he was a world champion he was in some big fights but he even admitted he mentally got burned out right needed the needed the time we needed to retire early you had that break when you were fighting for your independence you know on the business sure. side how important will that play in terms of your longevity you know as we move forward I think it's going to help it's going to help that I took that time off not that I wanted to take the time off but in return actually it helped because you know had I been fighting, I'd probably be thinking about retiring right about right now, because I would have probably been burned out just like my brother was. My brother was ready to, you know, end his career and did end his career at 26. Wow. You know, I'm 29 right now, but I don't feel 29. I don't feel 30. I I, I feel young. I'm 24, 25 right now in boxing years. I'm healthy. I'm untouched. I'm, you know, I'm confident. I'm strong. I'm fast. I'm in my prime, and that time off allows me. To come back hungrier, more motivated, rejuvenated, and allows me to extend my career a little more. And you fought for your freedom from a promotional, you know, sense. Sure. Will you be a free agent moving forward for for the distance uh, and, and kind of go on your own terms? It's working for me right now. I have options. I have uh, different paths I can take. If I don't like what's offered, I can go a different route. Um, I'm building good relations with the right man that can help my career. And if um, if I don't have to sign with anybody, then I don't I don't have to. I mean, I can take on fights as they're presented, and we can do a fight by fight. That's the dream, right there, right? It's you know, working. you fought for your freedom, you won. Yeah. Now, now we'll see. You know, if you can accomplish all your goals that you have. Exactly. July 29th, Adrian Broner, biggest fight of the summer. You know, outside of maybe the the circus Mayweather <laughs> McGregor, right? But this is a real fight. People are excited. Best of luck to you. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you, man. guys. Appreciate it. That was Mikey Garcia. Many thanks to both Garcia and Broner for taking the time. I'm fired up for that fight. I'm very much looking forward to it. It's going up against though that UFC card with Jones Cormier too. It'll be a big night for combat sports we'll see how that plays out but Rafe speaking of fights we're looking to forward to see it's my favorite segment we close with what's it look like I want to flip one at you here because Floyd's back in business right he's fighting 
Conor McGregor. I made the comment that sort of said, hey, Floyd, there's a lot of boxers you should be fighting. One thing I thought in the back of my mind this past year that could have happened, maybe, is that Floyd can't make the McGregor fight happen, but he's already in good shape. He wants to come back. He wants to do big business. He looks at the landscape and he says, you know whose stock has improved a lot since I last fought him? Canelo Alvarez. And we thought Canelo may have been looking for an out to not fight Triple G this fall. What if three months ago, Floyd had spoiled the party, came back and said this fall, in September, Mexican Independence Day, I want Canelo a second time at middleweight for essentially the lineal middleweight championship still, right? Canelo still owns that, I guess. But you can't. There's no belt to go along with there's it. No Although belt. The, the WC, WBC could well, probably be right. reliably, you know, counted on so, to to make a belt uh, in the in the belt factory. A, the WBC will strip whoever they have to to get right. that belt. <laughs> sorry, B, sorry, sorry, Gennady. <laughs> B, in reality, as long as they do it at 160, Canelo is still the guy who beat the guy, and that would really be a cherry on top of Floyd's career. There's no question about that. The guy who beat the guy at 155. Yeah, exactly. Canelo weight. What would, at 160, and we've never seen Floyd go up there, we'd always wanted him to, what does Floyd Canelo 2 in 2017 look like at 160 pounds? Hmm. I think it looks, uh, I, I think it's, I think it looks way more competitive than it did in 2013. Um, where Canelo was 23, where he thought he, he literally thought he can outbox. He, he came in with the worst game plan, uh, almost any fighter has ever had, uh, to fight, at least to fight Floyd Mayweather. Did Maybe. he think he was going to counter Floyd's jab, like the whole night? Yes, like he was Marquez it seemed like he was going to be able to, I mean, Marquez didn't do so great with it either. Um, uh, yeah, it looked like he wanted, he, he believed in his boxing ability, which I don't blame him for. He's a, a, we've seen him. He is a very talented boxer, especially with his timing, his, you know, I mean, his, his, the combinations he can put together, uh, he can, you know, his, his ability to counter, he swivels well with the hips. Like, he's a good boxer. Uh, and, and one thing we've seen with Canelo, which I think is a, a big strength of his in the ring, is that self-belief. You know, he's got, uh, some of that, like, no, I can do it. I don't. The like, I was the bo- was, right? I, I was born ready, uh, as he said. <laughs> Good luck in my he found out he wasn't ready. Oh. <laughs> You're next, mi amor, mi amor. Um, you know, um, but uh, 2017, I think uh, Canelo is much more aggressive. Makes an effort to walk Floyd down. Maybe even tries to, you know, body him a little bit because he'll have. I mean, go he should even at, well, not just go to the body, but you know. R- Clinch, rough him up, try and put, mix in, mix in some Maidana moves. Now, that's not his natural style, like, you, you don't want him to go caveman in there, but if Canelo has an opportunity to, to use that way, that size advantage, weight advantage, but lean on him a little bit, uh, and try and tire Floyd out that way, maybe, you know, the way that, uh, Miguel Cotto did in their fights, um, you know, he should try to, he, he should try to take that opportunity. Um, in the end of the, at the end of the day, though, I think Floyd is still, a greater fighter and would outbox him. It would be closer. Uh, maybe Canelo would do enough to actually deserve a, uh, a fake draw on one <laughs> scorecard. CJ Ross. Uh, bring her back, you know. Um, they just By use the way, her scoreboard. That killed her career, rightfully so, but that killed her career. She right, I don't know if it's rightfully so. This is boxing. I mean, like, how can that be the most unforgivable sin? In, like, she was look part at of all the people. Bradley yeah, Juan, but look too. at all the judges, all the look refs. Vic Draculich was in the ring. Oh, man. Destroy, helping to destroy that Rigondo Moises Chucky Flores fight this past weekend. I mean, the, the like the the idea that like C J Ross is the one 
person whose incompetence got them, uh, you know, sort of banished from boxing is a little bit unfair. Um, but I, I, that said, you know, uh, I hope that the judges in all fights do good, do a good job. I think a lot of people yawn at the idea of Floyd Canelo too because of Canelo not being competitive in the first one. But again, if you have the middleweight title at stake and if Floyd's 40 and Canelo right now is undoubtedly the number one star of active fighters before Floyd coming back, I think it would be a heck of a build. I think you can talk yourself into believing Canelo can body punch, can hurt the older man to a certain degree. He'd still lose a decision, but I would be down for it. That's all I'm saying. Rafe, hit me up with it. What's it look like? I got one. Well, look, I mean, Andre Ward coming in. We're talking about him as the top pound for pound fighter in the world. Um, and not only is light heavyweight as sort of a, a fun division right now. You know what? I was going to go old school because it's fun to do that but you know let's let's actually stay relevant here and what's it look like if Andre Ward stays at 175 defends that belt goes for the lineal title and faces Adonis Stevenson this is interesting because I'm going to say this I think Adonis Stevenson's left hand which is still at age 38 or whatever still a rocket launcher knocks it's, him it's out quick I think it's a more dangerous weapon than even Kovalev's right hand because it's faster it's a little bit more unorthodox and he throws Stevenson, it as a lead. He throws it throws as a it as counter. A lead. Stevenson's a little bit more athletic, but mixed with that awkwardness. He's got a weird boxing style. This is a very interesting fight. There's no doubt about it. Ward would have to be worried about getting knocked out. I don't think that Stevenson could outbox him for 12 rounds, but if he could hurt him, if he could package a knockdown, I think it's an interesting fight, especially in that first half. I'd really like to see it happen. I think Ward inevitably would win by decision because he is that guy. But I am down for this fight. Boxing should make this fight. And Rafe, this would be a, a flip the middle finger at HBO if he crossed the street and went back. I don't think he has any kind of exclusive deal with them, right? Although they did pay a lot of money to put Alexander Brand on their network one time. Imagine if Ward went over across the street to like Showtime and did a pay-per-view against Adonis and they weren't looking for big expectations, a couple hundred thousand, whatever, or just made it the Showtime championship boxing belt where it would deserve to be. That'd be great for boxing, right? That'd be bad news for HBO, though. I it you know it doesn't take a lot to make Jim Lampley cry, and uh, <laughs> I think seeing his friend Andre walk across the street to fight on Showtime on another network after all they'd done together and worked together, that might actually get some more tears out of Lamps. Hey, PBC, if you got any dates left on, like, CBS or Fox or something, hey, throw that fight out there. It'd be fantastic. You know what? Let me jump in right before. Sorry to do this, but... Uh, the thing, the reason why I think Adonis loses that fight, and we saw it against Kovalev, Ward is too strong mentally. He's too, you know, he's too tough, really. He's got, he, he is, he is on another level than everyone, maybe, uh, except Floyd. And if Fanfara uh, could crack, uh, could crack the case on Adonis in their first fight, like, right? You know, it would, I think that, uh, Adonis is just doesn't have, you know, can't, can't reach down to the level that, that Ward could. And yeah, it would be interesting to, to, to see Ward deal with that weapon of the left, you know, because it, he, he can, he can launch it very fast. And, and I think you, you see, Ward against Kovalev, you know, more jabs would land. Kovalev never really dialed in the right uh, in either fight. I mean, he had the one that landed, but it, even Kovalev admitted it wasn't his best punch. Um, you have a better chance of landing it as uh, landing a shot, the first one that comes, not the one that comes after it against Ward. So the fact that, that Stevenson can throw it so fast as a lead makes the fight interesting, but Ward uh, figures out a way to kind of, you know, you know, Ward does rough, rough him up and and uh, and steal his soul. As long as Jack Reese isn't refing, it'd be fantastic. We got to get out of here. Look, like Don King, we packed the undercard. I mean, this was a loaded, fantastic show. I'm patting myself on the back, Barry Horowitz style. Follow me on Twitter at B Campbell CBS. You can follow my man Big Red at Rafe Bugs. Rafe, this book's still selling. What's going on? Two and two McSorley's, my father and me. What's the latest? 
still selling, still out there on Amazon and in bookstores, Barnes and Noble. Uh, please check it out. This past weekend was Father's Week, Father's Day. Um, and good reason to, uh, if you forgot to buy a gift for, uh, for your pops, uh, you know, run back to the store and, and grab the book. Or, you know, if you just want to read about New York, uh, a bar, father son story, kind of, weave it all together uh i hope you enjoy and if you're new to the in this corner podcast this is the week where where basically it's trying to take over your life with that performance enhancing audio big mma show a lot of special guests ahead of this bellator nyc pay-per-view we're talking floyd connor a lot of wwe talk two episodes this week enjoy them but until then rafe give them the two words so we can go we out we out